Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Michael Mendelssohn, the CEO of Patriot Pictures, packages film production, financing, and distribution elements, including upcoming Nick Cassavetti's written and directed God is a Bullet, based on a book by Boston Turan, Get Lost, and Ghost Ships. Recent releases include Blackout, which was a Netflix release, in October of 2022, and was number two worldwide. The Matrix, starring Keanu Reeves. What Women Want, starring Mel Gibson, and Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. Natalie Perota is SVP of Operations for Patriot Pictures, an award-winning film finance and production house based out of West Hollywood, California. She is also the executive producer of successful films, including Blackout on Netflix's top 10 worldwide views list, Prisoners of the Ghostland, starring Nicolas Cage, Synchronic in 2020, the number one movie on Netflix US, and Cutthroat City with Ethan Hawke, Running with the Devil, starring Nicolas Cage and Lawrence Fishburne. Natalie has a BA in psychology from the University of California, Irvine, and Patriot Pictures aims at entertainment that inspires social awareness, spotlighting good versus evil in society throughout history, and engaging audiences to participate in positive social change. The website is patriotpictures.com. And Carol, Michael, and Natalie have created some incredible entertainment. I know you'll agree. Absolutely, Claire. Thank you so much, Michael and Natalie, for joining us. Absolutely. Thank pleasure. you. So tell us about Patriot Pictures, who you are, and what your plans are. Well, if I may, uh, Patriot Pictures was created um, back in 1995, and uh, at the time I was working as the head of film finance for a bank called BNP Paribas, and uh, we financed about 12 to 18 movies per year, and um, it's collateral-based at the time, where banks were not taking gap risk. So let's say you had a movie and you tried to pre-sell it, which is get the form sold to a distributor like BBC or Canal Blues or or Warner for domestic or, or one of the indie. You would put all that package together and add up the numbers. Let's say you had pre-sold four million and your movie cost six. So uh, we would finance the collateral 
of the four million, um, maybe dis- discounting it by ten or fifteen percent, and then we would give you a certain amount against the unsold territories, and that's called the gap. Now, just because your budget was six million, we might give you another five hundred or a million against that. So you might not get your whole six million. You may have to defer some costs and some fees. But it allowed you to get closer to the goal of what would make a good movie and therefore get the film demand off the ground. Wow, that's very interesting. Thank you for giving us all that advice because I heard that at Cannes this year there was um, gap financing was coming back. Did, is that true? Well, we, we have been doing gap financing. Our, our financier and partner is a major Wall Street private equity gentleman, and he and I went to Wharton School together 40 years ago. And so um, he's an integral part of our team, and uh, it is coming back, um, and it's coming back strong because the business has just started to be dominated by the streamers, to the point where four companies, five companies are making all the decisions on what kind of product is made. And therefore, there are, let's say, subject matters that don't neatly fit into a streamer's publicly owned stock-based decision. So you might have certain subjects historical, diversity-based, that aren't in the center target of a streamer, but are in the interest of the audience. And those become independent movies. God is a bullet, for example. Uh, which has been a lifelong goal and project for the last 18 years by Nick Cassavetes, is an example of a film which essentially is about a death cop whose daughter, 14 years old, is kidnapped. And they can't find her, even though he's a cop. And he's approached by an ex cult member who explained to him that she could help find him. And this death cop's character goes from pushing paper to getting tattoos, acquiring weapons, and taking on an entire cult to get his daughter back. As a result, there's a lot of violence. Now, if you're a cop, or any father, or mother for that matter, what wouldn't you do to get your child back? I would do a lot to get my child. How about you? Absolutely, Michael. 
That is a great story. I, I lived uh, when I was buying and selling film. I had a company years ago that uh, bought short ends. I was a distributor for Fuji, and I knew a lot of independent filmmakers. And one of our filmmakers, his daughter was uh, picked up, and she disappeared, and he found that she was she had been trafficked and she was on the street and he killed a man to free her and he went to jail. He served his time and he got back out and started making films again. But it, it, that's the way a father is. They're not going to give up till they get their child. That was going to be an excellent film. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for for mentioning that story. That is an important story and. Unfortunately, it it happens more and more and more. We were just talking about AI. Well, AI is wonderful, but if I ask AI, can you find my daughter? <laughs> it's not going to find my daughter. Sometimes, right. you know, sometimes Vince Lombardi from uh, football, he says, I'm running a sweep to the right to his opponent, and you've got to put your body in there to block it. It takes people. It takes uh, dedication, and it, it takes sacrifice. And so this movie is action-packed with Nikolai Kostas Valder, who played Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones and Shot Caller. He, he's a great actor. Uh, a new actress, Micah Monroe, is going to light the screen on fire. And Jamie Foxx, who we say prayers for. We know that he had some medical difficulty, but we say prayers for him every day uh, that he gets better. But he was absolutely wonderful. And then January Jones, Paul Johansson, Kyle Guzman. It, it's got such an amazing cast, and Mr. Cassavetes has delivered a film that will already become a cult along the lines of a taxi driver or a Scarface. And funny you should say that, he himself had a daughter that was kidnapped where he could not find her. Oh, my gosh. Oh, how horrible. And he had to track her down across. The, they finally found her somewhere in the southeast, uh, Tennessee or Kentucky or someplace like that. And so he had to go and then go to court to get the kid back. They wouldn't even, you know, the police wouldn't even give it back. They had to go to court to have a judge decide to give it back, the child. And so uh, I'm with you on that. You know, some things in life... You have to take care of yourself. Well, what I love about uh, Patriot is that you are focusing on good stories. And I have to tell you that uh, the quality of filmmaking is is going down on Netflix and Amazon. I mean, Amazon had originally hired Ted Hope, who was one of my favorite filmmakers. And Ted only made a few films, the good films, and then he was sort of pushed into, I think, uh, a narrow uh, control of what he was allowed to produce 
based on the electronic decisions from Netflix to to serve their market. And he went from becoming an award-winning, normal award-winning filmmaker to films that I couldn't even watch. So I think that when you go back and look at some of the classic films and compare them with what we have now, they're more interesting because even though they may not have all the CGI, but they have great stories, and that's what we really love about films, Michael, is a good story. And this book, by the way, God is a Bullet, is based on a true story. This happened, and the writer wrote it into a novel because the uh, you know the laws regarding telling other people's life stories, so he created a novel, but it's a true story. And so... Um, that's something that I think is the reason we have filmmaking, you know. We uh, have all experienced tragedy and loss. Natalie, who's been working here for 12 years, has had, like anyone, her own personal journey through life. And so... I could be more proud of her and what she's accomplished here at the company. And um, she's led the charge here on women directors. She's led the charge on movies that incorporate uh, young ladies coming from a teenage situation uh, and growing up after their mother died. And so... Uh, Get Lost, which is going to be called Alicia's Adventures in Wonderland, is based on the Lewis Carroll Alice in Wonderland, and it tells a story about a young lady whose mom dies, which, if you recall, Travolta's wife passed away, and um, young Ella Blue Travolta had to deal with that issue. And we created this Alice in Wonderland story, which Natalie led the charge in Budapest. She just flew to Budapest and made this movie while I was stuck in Mexico finishing God is a Bullet. And to say I'm proud of her, this close to Father's Day would be an understatement. But she looks gorgeous. I saw her picture on your website, and she looks really uh, warm and friendly, and uh, I'm sure she's talented. If she grew up with John Travolta, she has to be. Yeah, she's absolutely talented and kind. And <laughs> but Natalie in my office is also a young lady that has had to deal with those issues like a lot of us. And she has overcome so many things in life to now run our company and lead the charge in diversity and female-based movies. So maybe Natalie could tell us something about her philosophy because I'm getting older and she's only getting younger. (laughs) Yes, I'd love to hear Natalie. Please share that with us well, because this, there are a lot of new laws coming out about uh, 
uh, what you uh, have to do to stay uh, in line with the Academy Awards starting in 2024. So you you sound like you may be ahead of that. Well, I I mean, I would have to thank Michael for, one, putting me on this road and supporting us. He's a big, big proponent of encouraging young filmmakers um, of all backgrounds and genders to really believe in their vision and to go for it. Um, So it is, you know, the filmmaking career isn't always the easiest path, but when you have a support system in your corner, it becomes a beautiful path, so we're all very grateful. Um, we do, I do think that the new Academy rules are quite great. It provides an accurate representation of our world, whether it's behind the camera or in front of the camera or story-driven or even through distribution and marketing. It really allows an abundance of inclusivity, so I think they're definitely going in the right direction while giving, you know, leeway in how they and how filmmakers accomplish their inclusivity um, so I think it is a, a good initiative excellent well <clears throat> tell me Natalie what films have you produced and tell me some about your favorite part of your job what do you love the most I well I 12 years ago and our first couple of films Together, I was an associate producer, and then through the last couple of years, have gone up to an executive producer on all of our films at page on the last 25 films. So it was, it ranges from Cutthroat City to I Am Michael uh, with James Franco and um, Emma Roberts to Prisoners of the Ghostland, Blackout. Um, so there's a wide array of films that we've produced here. I would have to say the best part of, of my job is just seeing a film go from inception to the final product. It's a very rewarding experience. It's quite the journey to see an idea turn into a script, then the development phase, attaching your cast, going into production, editing, and then releasing it on a big screen. As we know, it takes a village to make all of that happen, and a lot of people yes. work so hard on these. A lot of people work so hard on our films, and I think the best part is celebrating the completion of the film with a newfound family of crew that made it possible. How many producers do you normally have on your film? Each one ranges from one to two to maybe four. Um, on, each, on each one. It's, it's a wide array. Yes, because there is sometimes, so much to do. Correct. Sometimes, sometimes also, when you're buying a book, you may not be able to buy that book unless you take the producer that represents the author. Or when you sell a movie it comes with the sales company adding their producers. So they may not be on set, but they may be leading the charge in marketing or they may be leading the charge in sales. And and I would add one more thing to be clear. For me, with the responsibility to a an investor and my friend, I would say 
some of the moments that make me happiest are paying him back because yes. <laughs> you're not going to get any money if you don't pay the man back. So, exactly. So these are commercial things which are always combined with the creative things. So essentially, if you see what I was like at 20, you have the Wall Street Journal in one hand and you have Riverside on Shakespeare's work on the other. And you're constantly shifting these two sides. Um, and you can't let one side drop lower and you can't put one side down because you have to have the creative moving forward and you don't want a muddled story. What you're seeing at some of these streamers is uh, movies by committee. Have you... Is that, is that what's <laughs> causing all this reduction of quality? My gosh, yeah. that makes sense. It's movies by committee, you know. I, uh, you know, if you've eaten at a fast food restaurant, you know what it's like to mass produce food, and what it tastes like. Some of your best restaurants are that barbecue place on the corner there, where it's the best barbecue place in, in the state. But there's only one or two, and so. Our objective is to constantly find filmmakers that represent that best barbecue place in the state. And that's something important. The second point I'd like to make, which Natalie has addressed beautifully, is diversity, cultural, demographic, international, is essential in the commercial exploitation of a film but we also have to stay true to the story you know we're developing a story about a black tank battalion it was called during World War II U.S. Black Tank Battalion the 761st Division uh, that was under Patton's um, control who liberated a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. And my father, who's a concentration camp survivor, was liberated by this black tank battalion. And so, essentially, I would not be here were it not for that U.S. American tank battalion that was primarily, almost exclusively, African American. And you're making a film on this? Yes, we are. And, oh, how uh, exciting. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. Yes. As you could recognize for your listeners, it's a black tank battalion. It's not diversified with various different nationalities around the world. It is a black tank battalion. So if I'm going to make it true to the story, I have to make it an all-black tank battalion. Yes. 
well, how do you do that now with all the requirements? Well, we have to do what we have to do, and and we're proud of telling real stories. Um, We have another one, which Natalie is going to lead the charge on, which is called WASP, Women Air Service Providers, was an all-female World War II Air Corps division of the Army Air Corps. And these women came from all over the country left their husbands, left their families. They were, some of them were taught by their fathers how to fly crop dusters, and they became a division under two very strong women in the U.S. Army Air Corps to shuttle planes between the U.S. and London and to train male pilots because the other the, the experienced male pilots were all in Europe. They were all on Air Force bases. They were fighting. So who's going to train the new crop? It was this group. And so this is a group of women that was diversified. Um, and in this case, the, the, the ground crews were black and the um, – the pilots were of a diversified nature. And so these women provided the experience to fly these planes to Europe to support the Royal Air Force and defeat the regime. So we go cheer for these women that took it upon themselves with great sacrifice to support the country of the United States, the UK, and liberate Europe. So that's something that has to be led by women. And Natalie is the woman needed for our company. Oh, my gosh. Natalie, are you producing this film, Natalie? We will as a company, yes. Yes. Oh, Which that is so we're, exciting. We're very excited. Mm-hmm. You should be. That is a great story. From the Heart gives film grants, and that was one of my first film grants. Mindy Pomper made a film called Save a Man to Fight, and she interviewed some of the women in the Air Force uh, at the same time you're talking about. I don't know if it's the same group, but these women were, uh, were pilots, they, and they flew, uh, they flew planes around the country because we had a lack of pilots, but they also flew planes towing targets so the guys could learn to shoot. Can you imagine taking that risk? And uh, so it's, it's playing now uh, as a war in the war memorial, or it has been as a film about women in the Air Force. Because when the war was over, that's when it really was shocking. They sent them home. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And they had no education or other benefits like the male uh, soldiers got. So uh, this is really an important film to bring back the history that's been lost. That that uh, will make 
patriot, a favorite producer for a lot of people, I'm telling you. This is wonderful. Well, I, I'm so pleased that you told us about that documentary. Natalie, we have to go get that documentary. I want to watch that. <clears throat> I agree. Yes, I'll, I'll connect you to Mindy. Uh, it's a great film. <clears throat> and this is what Patriot is all about, good stories then, true-to-life stories that empower people, right? Right. And and we are patriots, uh, not only for our country, but for humanity. We believe that humanity, uh, some of the best parts of it have been put aside for technology, for business, for, for geopolitical politics, you know, and, and humanity is something that uh, we want to focus on and uh, shine a light in some of the darkest areas where people are not appreciated and their stories haven't been told because that is something that inspires all of us. And, um, you know, I don't know what a person's religion is, whether it's Judaism, Christianity, uh, the Middle East, uh, nature. They all come down to kindness and respect for each other. And these are things that we try to find in how humans have to survive and defeat evil and do good. And so there's always a little bit in that in our entertainment. And so that's something that we're all as a company proud of. That's something that when we hire people, we tell them right up front what we're trying to accomplish. And so... It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I love this show, by the way. Um, Thank Natalie, you. I, I, if, if these interviews are banked, I would like to hear some of the other ones because I heard you've had some amazing people on your show. Well, thank you, Michael. We have. But I think that uh, producers like you and Natalie are uh, the most important things happening right now to keep us and the quality product uh, and telling stories that are so important that empower people. I really thank you for that. I was wondering if you could tell us uh, about getting into Netflix to pitch your film because uh, you got your film Blackout on Netflix. Uh, Is there anything about that process you could share? (laughs) Well... Before I answer that question, uh, can you tell me where you're from? Uh, I've worked years to overcome Dallas, Texas accents. Is it showing? No, it's not. But, you know, our our uh, one of our production lawyers that has worked with me for 30 years, she's from Dallas, Texas, and she's a tall, beautiful lady. And she's our lawyer. And um, I can't tell you how many times she encounters talent and um, other lawyers on the other side who are always 
making comments about how tough they must be in Texas, you know? <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm, I'm super proud. So we have a philosophy of hiring Texas women in our company. So oh, I just can. wanted Yes, yes, ma'am. So I just want to know that we have a, a Dallas, Texas young woman that is our uh, counsel for production that deals with making all our talent deals. And so we have great appreciation for Texas women. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure you're in good hands, and trustworthiness is one of the most important things that I learned growing up in Texas, and I'm sure she has that to be with you all these years. That's great. Trustworthiness, having uh, uh, an uh, uh, an air of grace and class, and being tough enough to give that Grace and class, um, a velvet glove when you have to have an iron fist. Well, thank you very much. That's so kind of you. So to answer your question with Netflix or any other streamer, what we find is um, they are super interested in new products and trying new things. They've brought diversity into their um, programming schedule. They've increased K Korean dramas and martial arts movies and uh, Filipino um, crime thrillers that they have acquired from around the world. So we're able now to see things that we could never see before because there was no organized medium to see them if you were in Los Angeles, Dallas, or New York. And so when we're pitching them, uh, we are able to mm, explain to them the intent of our project. What we find, though, is if we start the movie and start making the movie with the benefit of our financier, we can create a two or three minute sizzle reel that then they can actually see our intent being made and it makes it easier for them to acquire our films based on what they see uh, rather than the pitch. And, you know, they make $200 million Michael Bay movies or they make $25 million horror movies. And so we don't work necessarily as a rule in that size genre when we're using our own money. So we have to, we have to accomplish making a $10 million movie for $3 million and making it look like a $10 million movie for them to acquire it. So we find that is, um, again, going back to managing the business side versus the creative side, which forces us to be more innovative. And so we, we don't have the luxury of some of their budgets. And so we have to accomplish telling the story 
in an entertaining and new, exciting way without spending the kind of money that they have to um, accomplish the certain slate that they lay out. And so, and we like to do that, by the way, because we have less input into compromising certain storylines or the truth. And sometimes when you're making commercial movies, the truth gets swept aside, as you mentioned, when you learned as as a young lady in, in Dallas, Texas. So we try to insert, inject nutrients the story with as much truth as possible uh, while we're creating the entertainment. And sometimes that is better demonstrated than told. That's why we start these movies and, and shoot them and create that sizzle reel so that they could see it um, in action and and catch that compelling story visually rather than by paper or voice. That is incredible. I've never heard of this before, but it makes sense. Now, and when you say a sizzle reel, would I see the real actors or would I see um, just a collage of uh, photos and designs that tell a story? Is it with people or um, just uh, shots? It's actually uh, an editor that combines and cuts the actual footage of the movie to to usually a song that uh, a popular rock and roll or that as a song that um, is appropriate for that film. So they're looking at actual footage with the actors shot in context of the story with the costumes and the sets and um, and you know that's another thing that's another skill that Natalie has acquired is just is acquiring these songs for us from major record companies or composers and that uh, we put to the music and I could tell you even on God is a Bullet for instance Cassavetes brought us a, a soundtrack that he wanted that was almost three million dollars well we wow. didn't have we didn't have $3 million for the music, but to a large part because of Natalie working with with talented music um, supervisors, she was able to get almost 70, 70% of the music that Mr. Cassavetes approved for only $270,000 rather than... <laughs> Three million. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's incredible. incredible. Yeah, incredible. And it took a lot of work, I'd have to say. Wouldn't you agree, Natalie? It did. A lot of work and a lot of patience, but we got there. That's incredible. Well, so you're really talking about more production value. That's one of the great things that producers can do for a film is uh, to, to take uh, three million and make a film that looks like it's ten million. That's uh, that's a talent, Natalie. To save over two million dollars, that is terrific. Uh, well, let me ask you something about 
uh, Netflix these days? Is everything a buyout, or do they pay any royalties to writers or above-the-line personnel anymore? From my understanding of the several times I've worked with them, um, they break the acquisition of certain product into two categories, and those categories are called branded or unbranded. Branded means they say that you this is a Netflix original movie, and they mm-hmm. usually acquire that movie for a minimum term of about 15 years. <clears throat> and they uh, assume whatever uh, residuals are owed from it. And so, but as you know, and that's the reason that we have writer's strike and potentially a, a screen actor strike, uh, as you know, that, 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 amount of residuals is in dispute and that's why the writers went on track. Now I don't I don't know what um Netflix's current philosophy is, but I think they tend to gross up the fees of the acquisition in a branded situation. Um and that's supposed to make up for residuals over the long haul. But in our case of the Blackout movie, it was purchased as an unbranded movie, which means it, it, wasn't, it wasn't viewed as something that was going to be caliber of a Netflix original, right? Uh-huh. So they only acquired it for five years and, and paid what they paid, and I appreciate that. But after five years, the movie comes back to us. But ironically, the movie went to number one in the States and, and number two globally. So um, that's a good sign for us. Oh, that's incredible. What an achievement. So when they uh did you have to raise all the money Michael or uh, and make the film and then take it finished or did they come in in the middle of production I had uh as a company my our company and a partner in New York who I absolutely love um, our partner you finance the entire amount we shot it in Mexico during the pandemic. A young director named Sam Macaroni. And the star, of course, was Josh Duhamel, a fantastic guy. And we shot it during the pandemic. They they didn't, they actually, when they acquired it, they, they don't actually give you the money right away. They They pay you every quarter they divide the amount every quarter for two years or three years. So even though we finance it, even though they've shown it, we will get paid over every quarter over two years 
So it's going to take two years to recoup their minimum guarantee. So, you know, that's the difficulty in the independent world. It's like they want you to put it out and then they'll pay you over two years. And we're fortunate when they buy it, if they buy it for a lot of money. You're unfortunate when they buy it, but you're not getting your money back to your uh, investor then for two years. That is correct. Wow. Now, you're, well, if, you're, look, you're looking behind the curtain, young lady. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the everything curtain. happens. That's right. But don't dream it in yelling when you hear the truth. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Shocking. Well, uh, with a company like yours, honestly, you're working with integrity, and that is very unique in the film industry as a rule. So with that energy and history, uh, I'm sure your investors are happy to be there and looking forward to the next great success. Uh, So... Thank you very much. Anything else that you would like to add? I've just had such a, a lovely interview. I thank you very much for your time, and both of you are so intelligent, creative. Uh, what a nice company you have, and a great future it looks like coming up. Can you share what your goals are for the future? Uh, well, I think that we want to stay at a pace where we make three to five movies a year. And we have developed almost 75 true stories. And so this is something, I'm going to do this as long as, uh, as, God and my investor allow me to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. But some, sometimes they're the same. Yeah, sometimes they're the same. <laughs> but exactly. What, but what's incredible is, you know, have a company that has uh, people like Natalie, Caitlin, Great, Anne, and. Um, and all the directors that we have um, that will allow us to continue to do this um, where the audience is completely mesmerized and entertained and the investors and each commercial success and suffer them. And so it's always those two things in the forefront of our minds as we tell compelling stories that shine a light on dark places and 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 stick to some of the golden rules of explaining or returning us to treat your neighbor as you would like to be treated. And so those are fundamental concepts that we hope to do over the next five years. Um, at the pace that we're at. 
You know, Michael, if you just live every day with that rule, you'll have a wonderful life and you'll be very successful because the universe rewards people who have a true heart. Thank you very much. And Natalie, thank you. It's such an honor to get to meet you. And I also appreciate the time and the education you've given us. It's a lot of fun to learn all these new things about filmmaking. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. And I would also like to say it's very rare that we get to speak to someone that has your wisdom and understanding. And so I appreciate your time and your your ex questions and your insight from a, a human perspective. It, it really means a lot to us, and we thank you for your time. It's a pleasure. It's very kind of you. Okay, I wish you best of luck, and I hope we can do this again next year and catch up with where you are. Thank you so much. We wish you thank a great you. day. Yes, and, thank uh, you. And Michael and Natalie, I have to say this is Claire, and I just want to say to you guys, um, I live in Texas, and I'm honored that you feel uh, the way you do <laughs> about us here. <laughs> and even more so, I want to say your production company and your staff and the people who are devoted to the work that you are doing are after my own heart as well. So I want to thank you all for the work that you're doing as well. Thank you, and please stay in touch. We appreciate and, it. Yeah, yes. please stay in touch. Yes. Natalie and I are always here if you have any questions or thoughts or ideas that we can help you with. Okay, how very kind. That's wonderful. Yes, I appreciate that. All right, take good care. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes. Bye. Be well, everyone. You too. Be well, healthy. Bye. Bye. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. <laughs>